listening to Shut the Book Up podcast, where we delve into the nitty gritty of the book world. I'm your host, Kat. Make sure to grab your coffee, or in my case, hot chocolate, and let's delve into the episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Shut the Book Up podcast. I am Kat, your host. It is the beginning of May, and at the beginning of May, obviously it's spring, and it's gorgeous out where I'm living right now. I've been on walks, and I've been on runs, and I've been listening to audiobooks outside. It's been a really amazing time, but with the new month always comes new releases that we've been anticipating for the year, and so I thought I would come to you with all of the May YA releases, as well as a few adult fantasy releases that will be coming out very soon. And there is a lot of them, guys. Now, obviously, it is not all of them. I have not listed all of them because there are quite a few. And not only that, I've only listed the ones that I'm are more anticipating than anything. Um, I haven't listed any poetries or any other genres except for young adults and for the adult fantasies that I've been enjoying. So this isn't going to show all of the May releases. It's just going to show some of the May releases. So on May 5th, there are actually four big books coming out. So you have Aurora Burning, which is the second book to Aurora Rising. I'm absolutely obsessed with this book. It's one of my favorites, as many of you guys know from one of the past podcasts. It's by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. And honestly, I think this is the one that most of us are seeing on Instagram, on Facebook, on social media platforms in general. It's a really big book that many people have been anticipating. Another big book is Dark Skies. It's the second book in the Dark Shores series. It's by Danielle L. Jensen, another huge book that everyone's been waiting for. I actually have not read the first book yet, but I am excited to read that series. I kind of like to binge read series most of the time. Another book coming out May 5th is The Betrothed by Kira Cass. She is the author of The Selection. So she has another book series that is coming out. So this will be the first book in a trilogy. And I don't know if I'm going to read it yet. I did not like the selection. However, there are a lot of people out there that love the selection. So if you liked the selection, I definitely recommend checking this book out. And then the last book that I've been noticing that is coming out on May 5th is Forged in Fire and Stars. It is the first book in a series, and it's by Andrea Robertson, if I'm saying that last name correctly. And this one actually follows a tale of a young girl who is destined to become this lore smith, like this big magical blacksmith and unite the kingdom. And I thought it was just a cool idea that magic is surrounding blacksmithery and like medieval times. And so I'm really looking forward to Forged and Fire and Stars by Andrea Robertson. So those are kind of the May 5th releases. And out of all those, I'm actually looking forward to two the most. And that would be Aurora Burning because I absolutely loved Aurora Rising. And then the second one would be Forged in Fire and Stars. And I kind of have both of them on pre-order currently. So then we're moving on to May 12th, and there's two books coming out in May 12th. Um, One of the books that that is coming out is House of Dragons. It's the first book in a trilogy, and it's by Jessica Clues. So this book actually follows the lives of five outcasts who are chosen to compete for the throne. So it's kind of like a Game of Thrones, Hunger Games, Ember in the Ashes type book. So if you're kind of a fan of any of those books, I definitely think this would be a book for you. So it's House of Dragons, the first book, and that's by Jessica Clues. 
And then the other book is Empress of Flames. It is the second book to The Girl King by Mimi Yu. So those are two big books in May 12th that I've been noticing. I'm definitely excited about House of Dragons. I actually have not read the first book to Empress of Flames, which is Girl King. I heard that one's really good, and I've also heard it's really not great. So I have it kind of on my library to get list more than anything. Then moving on to May 19th, and I think May 19th is a big one for all of us to remember, and it is the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and it is number zero in the Hunger Games book. After all these years, we're finally getting another Hunger Games book by Suzanne Collins. I was so surprised when she announced this book. I was blown away. I honestly think we wouldn't get another Hunger Games book, and then to follow President Snow in this book, it's just... I don't even know what to do because I hated President Snow. And now it's like you're forcing me to have sympathy for him. So it is during the 10th annual Hunger Games and it follows Snow as he tries to make a name for himself and tries to become a sponsor and mentor for the Hunger Games. And so I don't really know if Suzanne Collins is trying to make us feel sympathy for him in his past because of the fact that he pretty much lost everything, his family kind of got run down. He he has no name for himself anymore. The family name is kind of burnt into the ground. And so it's really interesting because here's a character that we absolutely hate. And now we're kind of being forced to have a little bit of sympathy for him. And then May 26th, there are a bunch of other books coming out. So we have The Archer at Dawn. And it's the second book in the Tiger at Midnight series by Swati Tirdala. Hopefully I said that name right. Um, I'm super excited about this book. It it just sounds absolutely amazing. Um, I've read part of the first book. I'm actually trying to finish it currently. So I'm super excited for the second book to be coming out. And then there's The Bone Thief. This is the second book in the Bone Charmer series, and it's by Brianna Shields. So pretty much this entire series encompasses the idea that bones have all the power, that they're the future, the past, the present, that they contain magic, that they can tell your fortune, that they can tell you how you're going to live your life. It's just absolutely amazing. And to be able to, I guess, dabble in bone magic, it's a very big thing. And you're considered very high up in society if you're able to do that. And so I'm super excited about this second book that's going to be coming out. I actually love Brianna Shields writing. It's absolutely amazing. So definitely check out that. It's just a unique storyline, especially if you're looking for books that have unique storylines. I so recommend this book. And then this is an actually adult fantasy. It is The Lady Alchemist. It is a standalone and it's by Samantha Vitali. I hope I said that name right. Vitali? Uh, I never can say author's name right, guys. But this is an adult fantasy and it follows the life of an alchemist who ends up actually landing herself in prison because she says the wrong things. And now she has to make a deal with a conniving magician. And if she doesn't follow what the magician wants, he will actually take away her firstborn child. And apparently this is a retelling. I don't know what it's a retelling of. I mean, I, there's hints of what the retelling is, but it hasn't like confirmed which retelling it is. So the Lady Alchemist is a huge one on my wish list for the month of May. I'm su I'm very much so looking forward to it. Um, I think May 26, all of the books in May 26, I have on my wish list for the month. The Archer at Dawn, The Bone Thief, and The Lady Alchemist are all big books that I really want to get to. And hopefully I'll get them and actually read them this month. 
So those are the May releases. And obviously, like I said, there are so many other May releases that I'm not including, especially in adult fantasy. There are a lot of books coming out in that genre this month. However, I then tend to obviously, as you guys know, I tend to focus on young adult fantasy, young adult literature in general. That's just my preference. Um, so if there is any fantasy books or even any genres and they have new series coming out, you should definitely let me know because I'm always in the mood for a new genre to read. So moving on from the May releases, I kind of wanted to talk about something that is very much so has been on my mind lately, and that's been actually my struggles with reading as of lately. As you guys noticed, I didn't start off with my current reads, and I have actually read a few books this week. However, these last few weeks, I've actually been struggling with reading in general, and I think there's a, quite a few reasons why, and so I kind of wanted to talk about my struggles with reading, and then I wanted to go into how to read more, like how to bring reading into your life a little bit more than what you already have in. And so one of the biggest things that I've noticed is I'm being getting distracted quite a bit. And it's not just distracted from obviously social media and the television, but I'm being distracted from the outside world. I've been noticing myself focusing more on obviously the news lately, and I've been focusing on the things on Facebook and social media and just feeling very overwhelmed. And because of these overwhelming things, I'm actually becoming very distracted from reading. I'll be sitting down and trying to pick up a book and I just find myself not being able to focus on it because my mind seems to be multiple other places, especially with what's going on right now. Specifically in Minnesota, obviously our quarantine was pushed back another two and a half weeks. And so I, while I understand it's been very difficult for me being cooped up in my home all the time, and so it just feels like it's another distraction added onto my reading. And then obviously there's this weird one that I've been struggling with, and that is thinking I don't have enough time, and I don't know where this one is coming from, but I'm struggling with this idea of I feel like there's not enough hours in the day, and I am putting reading aside because I feel like I need to clean all the time, and I need to work all the time and I need to take care of the family all the time and obviously I don't have any kids but it just I'm taking care of my significant other and I'm taking care of myself and so I'm getting down to the end of the day and I'm just so exhausting and frustrated that I'm just not really wanting to read and so I've been putting off reading I started a book about a week and a half ago and usually books will only take me about one to two days to read depending on the length and it's now taking me a week to finish one 300-page book. And that's because by the end of the day, the, it feels like the entire day has gone by and I've gotten nothing done. And now I'm left with a night where it's like I would prefer to just sit here and do nothing. And that means not reading. And then obviously I'm struggling with this idea of lofty goals. So this year I set a reading goal for about 75 books. And I'm wondering if I should have ever set a reading goal for this year. I'm feeling like I'm putting pressure onto my reading, and that is causing me to feel like reading has become a chore. And when, with reading, it's a hobby of mine, and it should never be considered a chore. And so with these lofty goals, I mean, 75 books, I, I did that last year, but I didn't have the goal of 75 books. I actually only had the goal of about 50 books. And so now I feel more pressure to get those that 75 to 100 books this year. And if I don't get it, I know I'll feel very disappointed because I'm a perfectionist. With that, I'm going into these books, keeping in mind that, oh, this is going to be added onto my 
goal for the year. This is going to be another book added on to my goal. And so, yeah, so I'm being left with all these lofty goals of reading and it's kind of backfiring. These goals are, I feel in my head, unachievable. 75 books in a year is very achievable for me. However, I'm making it more of a chore than what it should be. And then it comes down to the big one. And that is, I am currently making excuses to not read. Meaning, one of them, obviously, like I said, is I'm getting to the end of the night and I'm tired and I don't want to do anything and I don't want to look at anything. And usually that's very understandable. Like, I completely understand myself when I'm very tired because usually I'm tired. There's nothing to it. And so I'll go to bed. However, it's more of like I'm now making the excuse of not to read because I'm tired. Or I tell myself I'm too busy when I'm actually just sitting there on my phone or sitting there looking at YouTube videos or thinking I'm just going to run to town. Like this week, I have used, unfortunately, my one hour out of the house each day more so than I have used in any other week that we've been in quarantine. And so I'm literally wasting this time just to go walk a target. And obviously, I get very much so judged for that. But I mean, literally cooped up in my home like the rest of us, but I'm making excuses to be busy. I'm running to the stores to go get groceries. I'm running outside because I feel like I need to exercise all the time. Like I'm just making the excuse of being busy so I don't have to read. And it's becoming an kind of a frustrating thing, these excuses that I'm making. Sometimes it's, oh, I have to do laundry so I can't read right now. I mean, it's stupid excuses. And I think it's pretty ridiculous. I don't even know why I'm making excuses to not read. It's not like I'm being held accountable for reading. I mean, I'm holding myself accountable, but it's not like somebody else is holding me accountable to read all of these books. And so in the end, I just kind of feel stupid because I'm making excuses to myself. And I think that's kind of a really crappy thing to do to yourself is making excuses to not do something that you love. So it's all of these things combined have really made my this last week for me a really big struggle for reading. And because of that, I've put books aside. I've, I started, I finished and started Scythe by Neil Schusterman. And I absolutely love the book, but I feel like I didn't put my whole heart and soul into the book because of the fact that I just wasn't, it wasn't even not being in the mood. It was just, I didn't feel like I had the time of day to sit down and read. And because of that, I loved the book, but I didn't get immersed into it. Like I would with any other read, I felt like I was skimming pages. And so obviously I'm going to have to go back and reread the book. It's all these struggles that I'm facing that I kind of sat down like, obviously I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that struggles with getting more time to read, whether it's distractions, whether we're making excuses for ourselves, or whether we honestly have a demanding job, schoolwork, or we have children to take care of. I thought, okay, what top tips could I give somebody when it comes to how to read more? So obviously it can be really hard. If you have a demanding job and if you have schoolwork or if you have children to take care of, reading can become very difficult to squeeze time in because of the fact that the outside world doesn't stop for you to read. And so with that, here are some tips on how you can read more in your life. Tip number one, get off of social media. Obviously, we are all very much so guilty of being on social media for hours on end when we can honestly use that time a little bit more productively. I'm so guilty of this, of 
literally being on social media constantly. I can actually sit down with a book in my hand and I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to check Instagram for like, you know, just a minute just to see what's going on. And then I'll end up actually being on social media for at least a few hours. And then it goes from Instagram, it goes to Facebook. And I'm like, oh, I'll check Facebook. And then it's like, I'll come across the video and then that will distract me. And then I'm like, oh, I'll go on Goodreads and check my list of books and everything. And then it will turn into me going onto YouTube and watching videos for the rest of the night. And then it's like right there is two and a half, three, maybe even four hours that I've wasted. And especially on weekends where I feel the most laziest and never wanting to do anything, this can be a huge issue for me. Actually, it happened today. This morning, I got up and I was actually planning on reading and I sat down and the first thing I did was go on Instagram. I don't know why. I mean, what is it? It's like, I'm looking at all these bookstagrammers and I'm like, I when I can actually be reading and immersing myself in books to talk to you guys about books. My second tip is obviously we all run out of time. We all have a busy schedule. So my biggest thing is pencil in time and add reading to your to-do list. Now, obviously, like I've said, you don't want to make reading a chore. Reading is not a chore. Reading is a hobby. It's a love. It's a passion. So sometimes penciling in time can feel like it's overwhelming. However, if you just like make a little note to yourself being like, hey, stop for like a 15 minute read, that could be a really great idea. Sometimes my schedule is overly hectic and I just need to kind of pencil in reading time because then that also means I'm taking personal time for myself. So penciling in time, adding it to your schedule, adding it to your to-do list in a day, it can definitely really help. Tip number three is listen to audiobooks when commuting, at the gym, cleaning, etc. Now, obviously, I'm not a very big audiobook fan. However, I have listened to audiobooks when I'm at the gym or when I'm going on runs. And I actually listened to them when I used to go on cross-country trips, meaning I would take road trips. And audiobooks can be really great for when you're on the go and you can't have a physical book out, especially when you're commuting to work. Now, obviously, most of us are not commuting to work right now, but if you're out on a bike ride, you're out on a walk, if you're out on a run, if you're just kind of sitting there or coloring or doing really not much else, listening to an audiobook can be really great. Now, if once all this is over, you can also listen to audiobooks between classes, you can listen to them between work meetings if you need to. It, audiobooks are such a great thing. I have actually a few audiobooks that I really love, um, even though I'm not a huge audiobook fan. If you haven't read Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda yet, you should definitely check it out on audiobook. It's one of my favorites. Number four is watch less and read more. Once again, this kind of falls under the social media thing. We get really distracted. Humans are, I think, one of the most distracted animals out there. We can, it's like a shiny thing goes past us and we need to watch it. Um, TV is the exact same thing for us. I am not a huge TV watcher. So I don't tend to struggle with this as much. However, I know my mom always complains about not being able to read a lot. And then I'll come over and she's watching mindless TV for a little while. So if you're like on your fourth binge watch of New Girl, because let's all be real, New Girl is absolutely amazing. You can maybe read during that time or just not rewatch New Girl for the 10th time or Friends or anything of that nature. But watching less and reading more can definitely help. And not only that, I've always th thought of books as their own version of TV. It's its own version of entertainment. I'm a very imaginative person. And so when I read, 
the scenes and the characters tend to come to life for me. And so it's kind of in its own way, a version of TV for me. Number five is don't force yourself to continue reading a book you dislike. Um, I am very much so a guilty of this once again. First of all, reading a book that you dislike is a huge waste of time. If you're not liking it and you're forcing yourself to read a book and it's taking you days to read a book, those days could be put towards a book that you actually will like more. And not only that, it's shown that if you dislike something, you'll go into a slump or you'll just not want to do it anymore. And so same can happen with reading. You read a book that you dislike, it can cause you, or at least for me, it causes me to go into a reading slump. And then it's like a week and a half, two weeks of me not being able to read any book because I tried to force myself to read a book I disliked. So just read books that you love, guys. Don't force yourself to read a nonfiction book when you're not a fan of nonfiction. Or in my case, don't read a book that's historical fiction and it bores you because it just won't help you in the end. Number six is kind of on the lines of the audiobook, but it's more of always have a book or an ebook or even an audiobook on hand at all times so that when you have a little mini break, you can pull it out and read it, listen to it, watch it, any of the three. So I was, when I was in college, I would always have a book with me on hand. So before classes would start, I'd always get at least a few minutes of reading in. It's how I was able to read so much in college. I, a lot of people thought I was crazy because I was reading my English textbooks on top of my fun books and it was a mess. But it definitely helped me read more. Number seven is don't make outlandish reading goals. Now, like I said in my struggles for reading, I have been making outlandish goals. That means that you're either asking yourself to read too many books, you're reading, trying to read too large of books, you're trying to force yourself to read books that really aren't in your comfort zone or something that you would never read on a normal basis. Now, obviously, you always want to go out into the world and try different genres, but when you have outlandish reading goals, just like any goals, it is proven that if you set too large of goals for yourself and don't have any baby steps with those goals, like stepping, it's called a pyramid goal, then you're going to actually end up causing yourself to backlash on that goal and not even complete it. And so last year, I didn't set myself any goals for reading and I ended up reading 85 books. And then this year, I forced myself to put in 75 books for my reading goal. And now I'm noticing that I am actually struggling every single month because I feel like I need to read 10 books a month. Or I'm literally looking at all of these other people watching them read 10 books a month and I feel like I'm not reading enough. And that kind of leads me to number eight, which is don't compare yourself to another reader. We all take our time with reading. We all take time to read certain books. Some people can read a book in a day. Some people it takes a few days. Some people can read a book in a few hours. So Instagram and social media is a huge compare game. It always has been. And so when you feel like you're comparing yourself and you feel like you're not reading enough or you're not reading the right books, it can also lead you to a reading slump, which will cause you not to be able to read a lot or not to be able to read anything. Or you see people talking about hyped books and you feel like you're needing to read those hype books to fit in and actually you're not liking those books doing the whole compare game kind of falls into multiple categories it can cause you to read a book you don't really like it can cause you to feel like you're going to have too many outlandish goals it can cause you to feel like you're stuck under a tbr pile that's never ending because let me tell you tbr piles are always never ending at least for me 
Number nine is try a readathon, a buddy read, or a read along. I absolutely love, love readathons. It not only gives me a chance to kind of do this, see if I can still stay up for 24 hours, but it also helps me pick books that I would never have thought of picking, or it will help me kind of force me to read a little bit more than more books than just one book at a time. And then, of course, Buddy Reads are another really great one because that also kind of forces you to read as well. You're, and then it also keeps you accountable. There's somebody that will end up keeping you accountable to make sure you're reading. And that's always a really great time. Even not only that, just find a friend that will keep you accountable for reading in general. And then I also love read-alongs. Those are a lot of fun as well. Once again, it kind of keeps you accountable. And then not, not only that, it gives you dates. So you're not feeling like you have to read the book all in one go. You have a little bit of time that you can take to read that book and finish it. Number 10, get all of your grueling chores out of the way before you sit down and read. I have the habit, and this kind of falls under distractions, I have the habit of I'll start laundry, I'll start the dishes, and I'll start cleaning the bedrooms and vacuuming and all that, and I'll try to read during this time, and then I'll sit down to read, and then all of a sudden the washing machine will go off, and then it's like I have to get up and do the laundry, and then I'll sit back down to read, and then the dishwashing machine will go off, and I have to get up and put the dishes away. And so by getting all of your grueling chores, like all of your chores and your to-do list out of the way, you'll then prevent distractions, cleaning distractions, and then you'll be able to sit down and read without having your brain go crazy. As a perfectionist, I don't like reading in a dirty room, so this can sometimes be a struggle for me. I prefer to have a very clean room and feel like the atmosphere is bright and happy. And so I definitely struggle with this idea of getting chores done before reading. Number 11 is a question more so than anything, and it's how do you spend your first hour of your day? Now, obviously, when it's school, when it's work, depending on what time you get up, that first hour of your day could probably be very busy, especially if you're like me and tend to get up a little bit later than what you should be getting up for work. And so this one definitely is a struggle. However, it, if you're spending the first hour of your day for 45 minutes on your phone, on social media, in all honesty, then that could be the time that you could be using for reading or writing or anything a little bit more productive. But in this case, reading. And so I always kind of start my day and ask that question like, what am I going to do for this first hour? Am I going to sit here on my phone or am I going to actually pick up a book and be able to get through a few hundred or a hundred pages or so of a book? And so by kind of asking yourself that question of how do I want to start my day and how does my first hour of the day look, you definitely will notice. And not only that, kind of just sit down and write down how your first hour of the day goes or even focus more on what you're doing during that first hour of the day. Because once you have that focus, you'll be able to know where your time is going. And if it's going more in the direction of TV, social media, and all of that, you could probably steer it back towards reading. Like I said, though, we all have weird and different mornings. Some of us have to get up really early and commute. And some of us have to take care of kids and help them before you know we can obviously just help ourselves. And so that first hour of the day is obviously different for everyone. And my last tip, which is number 12, and that is mix up your reading genres, meaning try new genres. Obviously, like I said, don't read a genre that you know you won't like. Like if you're a huge fan of fantasy and absolutely hate history, don't go and read history because you feel like you need to switch up your genres. Try different genres, but ones that you think you'll like. 
Now, this not only helps you read more, but it also helps you in the sense of if you're just reading young adult fantasy or adult fantasy or just historical fiction for days on end, you're honestly going to get sick of that content. You're not going to like the content anymore. And in like in my case, you're going to start to notice that there is no differences between books. Young adult fantasy is one of my favorites. However, if I read it every single day for a month and read different ones every single day for a month, I would probably never read young adult fantasy again because in my mind, most young adult fantasies tend to have the same plot premise. Even though I love it, they just tend to focus on the same plot premise and so does adult fantasy depending on what you read. But by mixing up your different genres and mixing up your reading, you'll not only be able to read more, but you'll also be able to not get into that reading slump. I always feel like I'm going to end up getting into a reading slump if I read the same genre over and over again. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it because it's always amazing to talk about bookish content with you. Also, make sure to go to the Instagram page, shut the book up. It's at shut period the book up and make sure you follow there because that's where I give all of my latest details on the podcast. Also, make sure to like and review the podcast. It definitely helps the podcast and supports it. And it helps me get excited and record a new episode. I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye.